At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The numbers told the story. They always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Thursday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Skill Alexander out of quarantine, baby. Oh, they let me out. I'm told there's no masks also now today or tomorrow. Is that happening, Jeffrey? Wow. Jeff's like, I don't know. Stop asking me questions. What's up, Jeff Parlay, everybody? Producer number five and eight. How you doing, man? You good? All I know is there's a press conference today. I'm. We can only we can deduct from there. We can deduce. You mean? Yeah, deduce. Yes, yes deduce. We can, well, yes. we might be there able to go. deduct as well. We'll deduct some points as well. Yeah, we get there. we'll deduct some points for me for getting the word yeah. wrong. <laughs> That's right. Uh, quarantine's an interesting thing, man. You catch up on all kinds of TV. Janet Jackson documentary. Full marks for those who are into Janet. Oh, you forget how great she was. Uh, great docu-series on uh, Cosby called We Need to Talk About Cosby. My review of that is uh, that we need to talk about Cosby. That's my review of that. Uh, so much to uh, catch up on. But it's the Super Bowl this week, Super Bowl 56. We got 56 hours of uh, wall-to-wall coverage this weekend, beginning with primetime action tomorrow night. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and I just all in on the Super Bowl. Uh, the BetCast, we will be doing it with Mike Pritchard on Sunday. Stormy Bonatoni's running point guard on everything. Um, she's got the event with Vinny, Jimmy, and Chrissy here at the South Point tomorrow night at 6 p.m. We invite everybody to come down who's in town to that as well. Uh, tomorrow night's show to kick off the 56 hours. Going to be amazing. Roxy Roxborough among the dignitaries involved. Three hours of nothing but the biggest names in sports betting. So we look forward to that. Today on the show, Bill Krakenberger will join us. Speaking of the big names in sports betting, he'll join us for hour number two, as he always does. Will Hill, our man who hosts the New York City cast, he will join us to give his thoughts on Super Bowl 56, his favorite prop bets, and Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Jeff, that's the theme this morning. We're just... It's the two-week period of Super Bowl 56. Just every possible remaining question we can ask of people. So we're going to get into today. Uh, But first, we should probably talk NBA. Because a little less than five hours from now is the National Basketball Association trade deadline. 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. That is actually the exact time of the deadline. Uh, So not even this afternoon. Again, less than five hours from now. And... So many ways to slice this up. We've been talking about it for days here on a, on a numbers game on a primetime action with the bets that uh, we recommended on Philly to win the Atlantic Division. Now does that swing, perhaps, to Boston and Toronto in that division? And just sort of the hypothetical numbers we were making about the Lakers. Did you see the Lakers game last night, Jeff? Did you see this debacle? The Lakers 
lose to the Blazers 107 to 105. Now let's just review who the Blazers didn't have last night. So remember, they traded Robert Covington uh, and Norman Powell to the Clippers earlier this week. Then they turn around, they trade C.J. McCollum to the New Orleans Pelicans, breaking up the Lillard-McCollum backcourt for the first time ever. Then, yesterday, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker gets dealt to the Utah Jazz. And keep in mind, Dame time himself, Damian Lillard, has been out with an abdominal injury since the beginning of the year. They have none of these players. The Blazers are actively tanking. They're just like, look, we're not, we're not trying to win. That's the end of our season. Blazers 107, Lakers 105. And you're thinking to yourself, did LeBron not play? Did AD not play? Nope, they played. Westbrook did not. So you can't blame this one on Russell Westbrook. And that brings us back to the trade deadline. Do you think Russell Westbrook will get dealt here in the next five hours? But I will tell you this, after watching this game last night, they went to the uh, Lakers postgame show. I don't know if you get this, Jeff, on your uh, cable system, but James Worthy does it. Seven-time champion Robert Horry's there. James Worthy called it the lowest point in his history as a Laker. It's just the worst. They're four games below 500. Four games below 500. You don't think there's any way they can get knocked out of a playing situation. But, man, they're trying. I mean, they they are trying. You got to give them credit. They are trying to to not even make the play the play in uh, games. I, look, it's it, when you made that deal in the off season for Westbrook, you thought, all right, if he has anything left in the tank, you don't know how him, LeBron, and AD will be be together on the court together. But at least your bench unit, when you have Ross out there and you're re- resting the other two, you at least can stay in games. Russell Westbrook has been significantly, like, impossibly awful, as we know. The other thing is, too, he didn't, as you said, Gil, this was without him playing last night. And they still lose to a G League team, basically. Anthony Simon scored 29. Jeff, I actually told Kelly this last night. I was like, you know who, who would remember this? Parlay would. What was the Anthony Simons game a few years oh, ago? Oh, that was, that was the huge Tankapalooza game. Yes. Where the Blazers were trying to lose to avoid the Thunder. That's right. And Anthony <laughs> play, Portland played six guys. That's right. And I believe Simon scored 40 points and the Simons, Blazers won. He murdered us. Yeah. It was one of our only two Tankapalooza losses over like a two and a half month period. It was period. the last day of the season yes period the last day of the year and we're like who is this kid how did he do this to us well Anthony Simons it's amazing you know nobody's left so they're like all right Anthony Simons do what you want to do and he goes off for 29 last night just goes off the Lakers they never got to a double digit lead by the way the Lakers were nine and a half point pre-flop favorites on the road I'm surprised it wasn't higher by the way they never got to a double-digit lead. They got to nine. They lived by seven at halftime. And the Blazers just kept within contact. And then Simons hits monster threes down the stretch. So will Westbrook get traded here in the next five five hours? I'm, let, let's handicap this. What's more likely, that or this James Harden, Mishugas? So James Harden, according to Brian Windhorse yesterday, right? Windhorse was just... He couldn't stop about it. He was like, he, he's like, James Harden is screaming for a trade. That was, those were Windhorse name, uh, words. James Harden is screaming for a trade. And then Woj this morning, he's been tweeting a bunch. Uh, but one of the things he said was, and here's, here's the latest one. He said, um, this is 
Harden's hopeful that Daryl Morey secures a trade for him today. This is per Woj. But Morey and Sean Marks have yet to become engaged in serious dialogue on a deal. There's an expectation that sides will talk today, and the possibility of a deal remains. Both teams are left measuring the risk-reward of a Harden deal right now. So I, I brought this up on primetime action the last couple nights. Two nights ago, I said, what do you think the likelihood of this? And Kelly and Matt look at me like I'm nuts, right? And Matt's like less than 0% chance it happens. Last night, I got him to raise it to a 3% chance. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's 20%. I think it's an even 1 in 5. I really do. Uh, makes more sense for the Sixers. I think it makes more sense for everyone at this point. And the way that this has gone for Brooklyn since trading for Harden last year, again, the, the, the one weird thing with this whole thing, Gil, is if Kevin Durant's shoe is legitimately a half size smaller, Brooklyn probably wins the NBA title last year with no Kyrie and Harden playing at about 30%. That's just how locked in Durant was uh, by the time uh, that they got eliminated against Milwaukee. Talking but, about his shoe on the three-point line. Correct, on, yeah. at the end of regulation before that game went to overtime. But, uh, Gil, if you're Brooklyn, like, we've already seen what James Harden unmotivated is. Oh. The, you don't want that around. And if you're trying to win a title, and look, there, there seems to be a realistic chance that Kyrie might be able to play in home games soon. Yes, uh, absolutely. In New York. So, Isn't that amazing? Kyrie will win the stalemate in the end. Yeah, well, I, yeah. in the end, I'm not overly shocked that that happened. But, Gil, uh, I, I, we haven't seen Ben Simmons play at all this year. Ben Simmons is willingly giving up $40 million to not play basketball for Philadelphia this year. But if I'm the Nets, even though it's a weird mix of, of players with Simmons and, and Kyrie and, and – uh, and Durant, and especially if you somehow get uh, Maxi out of Philadelphia, I think you have to do it because yeah, Harden's just going to walk anyway at the end of the year. There's so many different things, right? Like how how big is Daryl Morey's man crush on Harden that he'd be willing to trade some really key players, right? Or, I mean, from the Brooklyn standpoint, let's get back to it. Uh, Kyrie, let's say, okay, hey, now you can play home games. Let's say if that development happens here within days. Right? No mask mandate. You can play now at home. KD's going to come back at some point. Brooklyn might have cooler heads prevail and say, what, what are we really talking about? There's a reason why we're still the short shot to win the Eastern Conference and the NBA title because we are us. We've still got the big three. Let's not do anything rash. Sorry, James. Pipe down. But if you're, if you're Philly, if you're Daryl Morey, it is kind of malpractice to not get something for Ben Simmons. Though, he may say to himself, James is going to come here anyway at the end of the season. We'll just play it out that way. But can you afford to do that? Like, Embiid is, is MVP caliber. You can't waste an opportunity like this. What do you think is more likely? Westbrook gets scuttled or that deal gets done? I think it's more likely that you see Harden dealt than Westbrook. If you were really? any, if you were anyone in the league, why would unless if you're Indiana, who you're openly trying to lose right now? Um, even though again, that trade with Sacramento and Indiana made no sense for for the Kings, but that's the Move, Sacramento moving, Kings moving deck chairs around. Yeah, but 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 if you're in like unless if you're Indiana and like you know what, we may be able to just get the expiring contract for next to nothing, and the Lakers just want to get him out of town. Like, that's the only team that it would make any sense 
to make a deal for Westbrook. He's that terrible at this point, Gil. He's oh, so man. bad. Well, he doesn't make anyone better, right? That's the thing. Anymore. I, this, I will just say this in, in conclusion on this, because obviously on NBA trade deadline, we love the drama of all of this, and obviously the implications that it would, uh, you know, that it would make in a betting market and beyond. But you know, ultimately with this stuff, you just really like before the season, everybody was all in on the Nets and the and the Sixers. And I said on this show, I was like, I get it with the Nets because they have the big three. I just do not understand why everybody's nuts about the Lakers. There's How are those players playing with each other? And these guys are old. Lakers right now in a playing situation. Four games below 500, having lost to the no account, trying to tank Portland Trailblazers. Joe Theismann on Super Bowl 56 from primetime action last night. We'll get his thoughts next. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the big game right around the corner, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM, with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start picking, or start rather placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. You can also pick the teams, too. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state of the art technology, and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. We get tweets at Beating the Book. This is from from Timmy K4. Glad to see you back in the studio. A little disappointed you didn't bring your palm tree. Hey, man, leave my palm tree alone. Craig Parlay, a Craig Parlay tweets in, Jeffrey. I currently live in the Philadelphia media market, and the local media has convinced themselves that there is a 100% chance that the Sixers are getting hardened. It's surprised it's that low, actually. That's, that's low. That's right. I can totally see that. All right, so last night on Primetime Action, which I do uh, weeknights with uh, Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin, we do it 7 to 10 Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific. We had the chance to talk to Super Bowl 17 champion, Super Bowl champion from Super Bowl 17, Joe Theismann of the Washington football team back in the day. He was also the, the, uh, the NFL's MVP in 1983 the following season. Uh, and first of all, Jeff, let me just say this. I had to set the rules with uh, Matt and Kelly the previous segment. I said to them, I go, look, guys, I'm a fanboy like crazy on this. So I'm going to ask 
like a number of questions that I'm that are only going to be for me, and you're going to have to stop me after two or three of these. So I asked him about the whole, you know, his name used to be Thiesman, and it changed to Theisman for Heisman, and that's why we know him as Joe Theisman. We talked about that. Talked about what I felt. I was like, you know, is this? Do you feel like the biggest play of your career is the one that happened in Super Bowl 17 when Washington was down 17 to 13 early in the third quarter? He was looking for uh, Rick Doc Walker. Doc Walker got covered at the last minute. He looked for Charlie Brown. Kim Camper of the Killer Bees, the Dolphins, tips it up in the air, is about to make a pick and put the Dolphins in position to go up 24-13, to 13, and Theisman knocked it down. Huge play that turned the game, or that kept, kept the uh, Washington team in it. And he said it was absolutely, he believes, the biggest play of his career. So I just went off, and then finally they had to stop me, and we started asking Super Bowl 56 questions. Here's Matt asking Joe former Super Bowl winning quarterback about Matt Stafford. When you look at Stafford and kind of his key to to victory here in this game, is this something they need to fundamentally change with how they run the offense? Because you can only assume that the Bengals are going to just drop into coverage. They're not going to be blitzing him. He's going to have time, and he's going to have to kind of dissect what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. No, as a matter of fact, I, I don't see them changing much at all. You You really can't modify a whole lot. I mean, you've You've spent an entire season, 17 football games, uh, building an offense, doing the things you want to do. Now, certainly, there'll be some unique plays. There'll be some things that'll be different. But I would say 90% of what they are going to do is what they've, they've done. Um, I mean, with OBJ and Cup, you know, they're not the kind of guys you just don't want to put people on. You know, they, they're, they're good route runners. They catch the ball well in traffic. And if Matthew has to just dump it off, it's... It, you know, it makes it easier for him. It's more difficult for the defensive line to try and rush him and, and make it easier for him to drop the ball off. They have a different concept than Kansas City had from an offensive standpoint. You know, Kansas City liked to put the ball down the field. They like to run Tariq on crossing routes. I think the Rams will probably maybe run people to more stops than they will run into traffic. And so if Cincinnati wants to play the zone like they did against Kansas City, I don't know if it's necessarily going to serve them as well uh, in confusing Matthew as it did, it seemed like Patrick. So I think that, you know, there'll be adjustments, there'll be some changes. But I look for the Rams to want to run the football. They're going to want to be able to run the football. That's what Sean likes to do. He did it. He's done it in L.A. Um, you know, he has the horses now, Acres back. You know, uh, Sonny Michelle is, is there. So he's got the people to be able to do it. I think what he wants to do in the running game, then it'll open up the opportunities you know, for Cincinnati to do something and get him closer to the line of scrimmage. Now, keep in mind, the whole time, Jeff, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, I can ask him 25,000 different questions about his days in Washington. Maybe I should come up with something that has to do with Super Bowl 56. Uh, and then under the guise of, you know, or under the con- in the context of, hey, what other angles haven't we thought about? Here's what I asked Joe. Joe, if we uh, if we take a look at the other side of the ball, and you've got Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow seems to seems to get it at such a young age here, has has he surprised you? I mean, listen, I'm we can only watch. We don't get to you know we don't understand the intricacies of all the stuff that's going on like you do. Is he at such a a, a young age and so few games played in the NFL? Has he surprised you as much as he has surprised us with his command of the game? Not really. Uh, you saw it early on last year before he got hurt, and, and even then you had inklings that he was going to be something special. But, I mean, he's had a lot of success. He's been under the spotlight for so many years um, and, and you know, doing the things that he's done. Now he has familiarity with, uh, with Chase there. Uh, so, he, you know, I mean, he's got, 
he just he's in a comfortable offense. Zach understands it. I mean, let's face it, Zach Taylor and Sean McVay, they run somewhat similar offenses. Um, you know what they're going to want to try and do. They're going to want to try and get the ball to Jamar. They're going to want to be able to try and run the football. I, I think one of the keys in this game is can the, the Rams' defense control Cincinnati's offense and force Joe to have to throw? And then, uh, you know, we read about Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey going to go head-to-head one-on-one. Um, Jalen is, is a bigger, longer strider. Jamar is a quick receiver. I love quick, quick receivers. I love people that, that give you these quick movements because visually you know what you want to do with the football right away. Bigger guys take a little bit more time to get in and out of their breaks. Um, I don't see this as a, a positive matchup if he decides to go one-on-one for, uh, for Jalen Ramsey. I think it's a challenge. Not that he's not talented. And, of course, officials are different in these games. This game, you don't see a lot of flags. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they let him nuzzle and let him bump a little bit, which I think will, will favor you know, the Rams defense in that regard. But uh, I don't think anybody stops Jamar Chase. I'm, you know, if I'm a betting guy, whatever number that, that's out there that he's going to get, he's probably going to get. Joe, we got about 20 seconds. Where can people find you? What kind of work are you doing these days? Uh, I'm working for a company called Medliminal. Real quick, it's M-E-D-L-I-M-I-N-A-L.com. So we, 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 uh, we botched the order of that. But, yes, that's so Joe Theismann, uh, again, former Super Bowl champion, coming down heavily on the side of Jamar Chase props, it sounds like, going over on Jamar Chase props because he doesn't think, and I'm with him on this, by the way. I think the whole Jalen Ramsey thing, talking out loud like, oh, just give me one-on-one with Jamar Chase, that's not going to – that's not going to work out so well, ultimately. And I think Jamar will get his. Maybe uh, Jalen will get the best of him some of the time, but certainly not all of the time in that. So uh, I'm with him on that. And then finally, uh, Joe had, uh, well, I'll let my, my, uh, my preamble here spell it out. But essentially, Joe played in two Super Bowls, and he had two different experiences. Uh, and I thought, uh, hey, does it relate to this one in any way? Here's what he had to say. Joe, uh, Super Bowl 17 was a strike year. After a strike year, you guys had the conventional week before the championship game, that glorious championship game at RFK, and the Super Bowl against the Dolphins. Super Bowl 18, you had the more standard two-week wait. Uh, that didn't go so well. Do you think there's a? Do you think that's harder for one team or the other to deal with the two-week stretch here that's out of routine? And if so, do you think it's the Bengals or the Rams? You know, it's funny. I'm laughing when you said that didn't go very well. I couldn't yes. agree with you more. <laughs> when, when you lose the Super Bowl, when you lose the Super Bowl 38 to nine, you'd have yeah. to assume that things didn't go well for somebody. <laughs> no, um, see, at that time, I don't think it's an advantage or disadvantage to anyone now because every team has a buy, and the coaches have become accustomed to what they want to do with their players with the two week period. So, from my perspective, I, I think that. The, what we've seen in football of, of recent years is that adjustment period where you get the bye week, and then all of a sudden it used to be you get two weeks off, and then you have a chance to play the two weeks before the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's going to be somewhat looking at what they did during the course of the, of the year, maybe two, three days off. You come back in on Wednesday or Thursday, start to put in some of the game plan, some of the things you want to do, get everybody thinking about the game again, and then you get into a normal week as you get into this particular week and get ready for the game on Sunday. So I don't really see it as a big deal anymore, as it was for us. I mean, I love playing one week, just going right into it. The two weeks, almost had too much time to think about it. 
Yeah, I mean, that was that was a historical anomaly back in uh, January of 83 because it was a strike year. They only played nine regular season games, and so they just played it through, and you just had the regular week between the championship games and the Super Bowl. Um, but that's interesting from Joe's perspective that back in the day it, it, it was a big difference, but now they're all used to it. What if I said that to you? Because I've gotten some tweets on this, Jeff, that some people think the Rams being at home for two weeks and getting into all kinds of parties – might be a bigger detriment to them and that the Bengals can focus more. I don't know. We're just, it's two weeks of talking about the same game. So I don't know. People, people come up with all kinds of angles on that stuff. I, I, I think you'd be more inclined to be in trouble if you're in a different city as opposed to your own. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's all very, how can I put this, very murky and gray. But again, um, you got to think of every possible thing when you have two weeks to, to uh to make a selection on this game. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, he's got some thoughts on this as well. Want to ask him what coach he trusts the most on the stage here and which of the quarterbacks ultimately he trusts more on this stage. Get his favorite prop bets as well. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join our own Stormy Bonatoni tomorrow night, 6 p.m., for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. Stormy's going to be joined by our guys in the desert, Chrissy Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, Vinny Maliulo, for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book about all the action that all three of those legends have seen over the years. The event is free for everyone over 21, so stop by the South Point. That's tomorrow night, 6 p.m., for specials on Budweiser, purchase signed copies of Chrissy's books, then one day and then one year. And learn from the bookmaking experts, Stormy and the crew, betting at beers tomorrow, 6 p.m. at the South Point. And uh, we'll be doing primetime action. I kept saying a, a sand wedge away, but then I was uh, scolded that uh, professional golfers would not use a sandy on that. I wasn't really thinking of pro golfers. They would have the putter out for this. But we're just a, uh, we're a little chip shot away. How about that? From, uh, from Stormy's event there. So come by and knock on the window. Kelly loves that. Uh, we'd be thrilled to uh, meet each and every one of you as well. He is on Radio Row, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's talk some Super Bowl 56 with Dr. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. How you doing, Eric? You having a good time out there? Gil, I still have my voice, and, and I, I made sure that was my, my one goal of the week was to keep my voice for when I got to talk to you Thursday. But uh, <laughs> it, it's basically like minus 160 that I'll lose it by tomorrow. Minus 160. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go in on that. Where are you, right though? by the way? Are you on Radio Row itself? Is that the beautiful background I'm seeing? I am. I am. There it's, you, go. you know, everything's back there. Uh, just, I, I saw Debo Samuel yesterday uh, haw, yeah, hawking uh, Old Spice uh, deodorant. It was, awesome. it, it's a spectacle here. <laughs> It must be. All right, let me ask you two uh, random questions here before we get into your favorite Super Bowl props, because I know you you said off air you've made enough bets for a nation, you said. So we'll get into that. But first, if, let me just, and again, all of this is, what haven't I asked somebody in two weeks? So let me, if I came to you after the game and I said, Eric, well, the stage was clearly too big for one of these quarterbacks who played in their first Super Bowl, the answer to that would have been, which quarterback do you think I was referring to? Yeah, I mean, conditional on that thing being true for one of them, I think it has to be Stafford. And, because um, you know, for me, it's, you know, with Joe Burrow, you're talking about in the span of three years, he's won a uh, college football play, you know, national championship. Uh, he won the first Bengals playoff game in 31 years. Uh, he won the first two road playoff games in the history of the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. Um, and he's done it 
in large part, you know, getting sacked nine times in one game, not having the greatest support defensively in other games, at least in the first half of the, the Chiefs game. Um, whereas Stafford, like, you know, to me, I think Stafford's played better than Burrow in this playoffs. Um, but you sort of are always waiting for the other shoe to drop with him. Yeah. Um, and, and this might be the, 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 the week where he throws the interceptions that get caught. Um, and it might be too big for him. But, you know, I think both quarterbacks play okay in this game. I don't think that that ends up being the reason why the game turns out the way it turns out. Yeah, I mean, we're just spitballing here, and I think I agree with you. Like, I think that would actually be my answer as well. Let me just ask it about the coaches as well. I come to you on Monday, and I say, boy, Eric, whew, that head coach really botched that decision in that yeah. really big moment. That coach was... This sounds weird because I think Sean McVay is a much better coach uh, than Zach Taylor, obviously his former boss. Um, but I, I think it ends up being Sean McVay. To me, McVay is very good at picking up the, the, the pennies and the quarters and the nickels off the ground with each play. Like, I think scheme-wise, he's terrific. And there's an issue, you know, there with Zach Taylor. But when it comes to picking the dollar bills up off the ground, he, you know, doesn't like doing that, right? Calls timeouts in inopportune times. Um, that's a prop bet that I like, by the way, Rams to call the first time out of the game. Uh, <laughs> if you can get that anywhere near minus 110, I'd probably, I would take that. Um, you know, it's stuff like that's the fourth down decision stuff. He, his, his, the fact that he burned all three timeouts and punted on some, you know, kind of inopportune third, uh, fourth downs in the NFC Championship game was only overshadowed by the fact that a they won and b Kyle Shanahan kicked on a fourth and two, um, up by three, right. um, in the fourth quarter as well. So to me, that's the I, I think Zach Taylor, you know, the smartest thing that he does is he leaves the game to Joe Burrow, right, and and. And and for better or worse, right? Like that's what he's done, and that's what he's done over the past, you know, six weeks or so. Um, the the Stafford McVeigh relationship is equal parts, uh, and so if Stafford doesn't melt down in this game, there's a chance, uh, you know, that his partner in crime here, McVeigh, um, you know, not necessarily play for play, but just in those big moments, could make a decision that that costs them some, uh, you know, win expectancy. Let's say. All right, so besides Rams calling the first time out, what are your favorite prop bets among all your prop bets that are enough to serve a nation? What do you got? Yeah, I, I mean, the one that I've had, and, and I've actually gotten some resistance here. I know at South Point, they, you know, when they did their big prop opening, it opened at 68 and a half. Um, but I, I like Cam Akers under. Uh, I've gotten it at 65 and a half in a number of places. It's, you know, back to 64 and a half. And I think most spots, I know DraftKings opened them at 62 and a half. They got to 63. The, this is a narrative-driven thing, right? Where Acres, you know, there's there's so many things in football that are impressive, but they're not good, if that makes sense. So Acres coming back from an, an Achilles is impressive, right. I mean, one of the uh, best feats we've ever seen. But the guys average 2.6 yards a carry, um, and, and the you know the Rams have gotten basically like less than a yard per carry before contact with the guy um, over the course uh, of his three playoff games. He fumbled in the Tampa Bay game. He got hurt in the San Francisco game. So there's a number of reasons why they might not even stick with him for the full allotment of carries. Um, and and if he doesn't get you know 15 to 20 carries, I don't think there's a chance he gets by uh, that 60 yard mark. Um, the Bengals aren't as good defensively against the run as teams like Tampa and San Francisco were, but they're still like. A they're not a terrible run defense. Uh, they give up negative 0.07 expected points added per run play. So there's still a, a competent unit there. Uh, so I would go with acres under that's my, my favorite one. Um, you know, some other ones I do like, I like Stafford, no interception. Weirdly. Um, I like burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards. Um, and, and the, a lot of sort of weird ones where I have, 
Cincinnati to kick the longest field goal, but the longest field goal will be under 47 and a half yards. And a lot of those, those two things can both happen because Matt Gay uh, has not been able to kick a long field goal in a month. That is true. You think he's hurt, by the way? I, I think he is, and I think the problem is, you know, you'd rather have a guy that can make the shorter kicks reliably um, in times like this. You don't want a guy to go all Lynn Elliott, 1995 Chiefs on <laughs> on the thing. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, that really limits what they do. I'm surprised that they've let him kick, uh, you know, especially seeing him come up short in Tampa Bay from less than 50. Um, letting him kick indoors in the NFC Championship game was a little bit of a choice. But, yeah, I, I just don't think. Oh, we lost there. Even, there we go. We're back. Might actually entice McVay to be a good fourth down decision maker for once. It's so funny, the, the Lynn Elliott reference. Joe Pita, who is a regular on, on this show to talk about golf and baseball in the past, he tells a great story about how when the, 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 the Cowboys were at the height of their powers in the 90s, yes. he would always say, be like, Lynn Elliott is going to come back and haunt him one of these weeks, and it never, ever happened. Like, they were so good, they would just play through Lynn Elliott. How many prop bets do you think you ultimately have now? Have you counted? I actually have a sheet. I have 44. I 44 record. There's the winner. We were looking for the high mark. It's got 44. Uh, and then as, uh, you know, as, as just absolutely unsexy as this following question is, do you have any bets on the game itself, either side or total? Well, and, and you know, I think there was an interesting anecdote, you know, the other day where people were like, don't bet the Pro Bowl or just sprinkle. I'm like, I, I'm like, you have a better chance of having an edge on the Pro Bowl than you do on the side or total of a Super Bowl at this I point. Agree. A week in. And I was so I didn't. It was like a weird misunderstanding. But here's the thing: I took under 50. I took under 49 and a half. I took under 49. Um, I'm probably going to come back and take over 48 and a half, just because that's what my model likes. But it was one of those intuition things where I said, I don't think that this number stays at 50. So I was kind of just trying to get positions on under so that I would have cover in case it did play that way. Um, I probably lean over 48 and a half now, just that's what my numbers say. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, this isn't a game you really want to bet side or total. Yeah, if you have the unders on the 50 and the 49 and a half, maybe you shouldn't bet the over 40 and a half. That doesn't make too much sense to me. Like, just just leave as it is. Try to win that bet. No, 49 is a, a relatively key number in the NFL. But yeah, you're right. I mean, mostly for me, it's just getting positions there and trying to, you know, a lot of these things. For me, it's just like mostly a 10 to 1 middle at that point. Um, which is a lot of the prop bets you make in a Super Bowl anyway. All right, let me ask this on the way out because we got to run. But you have 44 prop bets. There's got to be one or two of them that you're like, I cannot believe I made this bet. What what would be that prop or two? Uh, <laughs> let me look here. Um, uh, well, Orange Gatorade was one. I got, a, <laughs> I got some info there. You got some uh, info? Oh, we like these. There's no sharp. There's no. Uh, there's nothing sharp about that. Um, I know. Uh, I know somebody blew up the anthem market yesterday, which is unfortunate for the people who have been uh, at that uh, there for a while. They went. Um, o- they went over on it, right? It, 135 was too low. I'm saying now it's 140, right? Yeah, and I don't even know if they're going to take real limits anymore after you know because it was it was a relatively big bet. Um, yeah, that's the one. Um, I think every other one has been reasonable. Like what I what I love about Super Bowl betting is, you know, when you're betting like normal props or side in total, it's so interconnected, so nonlinear. Yeah. But for something like 
you know, will the first kickoff be a touchback? It's actually a fairly straightforward math problem. And then you have to add the intuition of, is the new K-ball going to be too, you know, hard as a rock? That's right. Per Pat McAfee. Yeah, we're way ahead of that line. Uh, we, we ended up being, because now it's a coin flip. Eric, uh, Dr. Eric Eager with a Gatorade bet, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Eric. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Take care, Gil. Uh, have, have a good one. You too. Coming back, Will Hill. Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Go for a huge score during the big game with BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on Pro Football's final game. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use code SB200 when you make your first bet. You'll also earn BetMGM rewards points that uh, rewards points that is that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM resorts nationwide. Only at BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay, monitoring the phones, monitoring the internet for any NBA trades. Anything yet, Jeffrey? Nothing? No Russell Westbrook? No James Harden? No Ben Simmons? We get tweets at Beating the Book. This is from Tops and Props. Nice score getting Theismann. But can we get to tennis picks already? <laughs> I don't have any today. I'm sorry. No tennis picks today. The problem with, like, global tennis again, and there's four tournaments around the globe is, just in doing two shows a day, you have to figure it, you have to get the handicapping in, and then it has to time out properly with this show. Because we played some overnight, but none, none moving forward here. Jeff Rowe Records. By the way, here's Snoop bought Death Row Records. That's some big news in hip-hop history. This is from Jeff Row Records. He said Malpractice would be adding Matisse Thybul and uh, Tyrese Maxey to the Harden trade. Imagine if Harden wasn't into Philly and leaves in free agency. Oh, that doesn't take too much of an imagination. The Sixers would have given up, Jeff Row Records goes on to say. Simmons, Maxey, and Thybul for Harden and probably Mills, whatever. That would be awful. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting there nodding to all of that. Tim Thompson, after discussing that 82-season NFC title game versus Dallas, the other anomaly was the game I believe was played on Saturday. Tim, I do not remember that game being on a Saturday. I could be very wrong, though. I just remember it being the greatest day of my entire childhood. 
Thank you, Joe Theismann. 710 picks. I didn't see the Lakers losing that one last night. I took Portland before the game and saw AD and LeBron were in. I thought that ticket was dead from the start until the game tipped. What a horrible point of the season for L.A. I'll say it again. James Worthy, when they went to that Lakers postgame last night, it was like a morgue. Like, I mean, James Worthy was like, that is the lowest point in the history of my life as a Laker. Last night, losing to that outfit, Portland Trailblazers, again, without all of those players that they had traded, Covington and Powell to the Clippers, McCollum to the Pelicans, uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker to the, uh, to the Jazz, no Dame time, and Anthony Simons tickles the strings to 29 balloons, Portland gets it 107-105. We used to say that in basketball camp. I have no idea what it means. Will Hill, ladies and gentlemen, a host of the New York City cast, and of course, a VEASAN stalwart. How you doing, Will? What's up, Gil? I'm good. Yeah, the Lakers are in a tough spot because you can't really go backwards. You, you, you have no draft picks. doesn't look like you're good enough to win. You have, you have no assets. You really don't have any money in free agency. You're just kind of stuck with uh, LeBron and Davis. And Davis looked great Saturday night. I thought they were kind of headed in the right direction. And just uh, a new low. How you lose that game is beyond belief. Oh, it's really, really bad. It's incredible. Like, while it was happening, I mean, when when uh, Sim, uh, when uh, Anthony Simons kept hitting those threes, I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. I think the Lakers had 21. One turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. Incredible. Eventually the coach is going to pay the price. Not that it's oh. his fault, but that's just how it works. I mean, that's how it works. Vogel, they, they talked to Vogel after the game. He was pretty stand-up. You know, and they asked him, they were like, hey, look, uh, if, if a trade, you know, might Westbrook not be on the team come trade deadline tomorrow? And he, go, and he very quickly he was like, if there is a trade on the table that betters our basketball team, we will make the trade. So there I you bet go. his ears perked up. He's like, have you heard anything? Yeah. I, see, the thing is, <laughs> what have you heard? You know, they would have to include their assets just to get off the contract. It's not like you can really swap them. You got to give stuff and they don't have that much to give. And, and that's the last of your stuff is really Horton Tucker. They have a first round pick in 2027. None who's just a rumor at this point. Seems like he's never going to play. It's crazy, but that's just to get off them. So, you know, you could try to use that stuff and better the team or you try to use that stuff to get rid of Westbrook's contract. It's really a tough spot. They really, you know, they won a title. Then they started off 21 and six last year. Uh, and they just kind of tore the team down. It really made no sense because last year was a tough spot for him coming off the bubble. I didn't expect him to win. I, you know, I was surprised that uh, they, they really handled this this way, getting rid of Caruso, trading for Westbrook. It's really, it's really I, a shame. I never believed in this Lakers team. People were so into them in the offseason. I'm like, I do not see what you people see in this. Um, and so far, four games below 500. Like we said, we're, they're pretty locked into a play-in game, but they're trying to get out of it, apparently, yeah. the way they're playing. Uh, last thing on basketball, because I want to get your uh, your props real quick. Just handicap for me, uh, a Harden to Sixers trade. If you were to put a yes-no on this, what would you say the number is today? Uh, I, I did this morning. I said probably 30% just because that Woj report was like, maybe, maybe that gives it some hope. And I actually think if you're the Sixers, you're kind of bailing the nets out here. If you're giving them Simmons, Simmons would help the nets in defense, rebounding him and Durant together defensively would be a lot. And I'm not a fan of Simmons game. Nobody is. He's got terrible advice, but you know, Simmons and Durant defensively is a force to be reckoned with. And uh, Simmons can just defend rebound on the nets. You know, Harden's a better player, but I think Simmons probably makes the nets better because he wouldn't have to shoot, wouldn't have to score, but but I don't think it's going to be happening. I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. 
Is Simmons mentally ready to go, Jeff? Can you check on that? Can you get a Ben Simmons mentally ready to play basketball? Check on that. I'm not sure if he is or not. We'll see. He he should have just faked an ankle injury. He could have gotten all his money instead of pulling this. He got some horrible advice. Oh, terrible advice. All right, Super Bowl 56. I don't know if you know this, but there's a football game on Sunday, Will. Um, we can bet on it, too. We can. What Did yeah. you bet on the side or total? Did you make a bet? Either way. Yeah, I have the under, and I have some Rams money line. I just have a hard time seeing the Bengals blocking them. I think the Rams are going to control this game with their front. Uh, I think they'll be able to run the ball. Uh, I like the Rams, and I, I don't know that it's going to be close. You know, I, I'm not opposed to laying the four. I just think that minus 190 on, on the money line is pretty uh, appealing. I bet some of the other props, just Rams more first downs, Rams more yardage, that kind of thing. Uh, I do think the Rams, Rams win the game. I think they win it comfortably. I think they're they're a better team in, in a meaningful way. Yeah, I was about to say nothing would surprise me in this game, but that's not true. If the Bengals just rolled them, I think I would be surprised yeah, that by that. That would surprise me. Um, okay, and then your favorite prop bets. What have you What have you got in the account? Got a few of them. Uh, I think Van Jefferson's a nice little sleeper here. I got him a little bit of MVP, like seventy to one, something like that, over thirty yards. I just think they're going to really. Do what these other teams haven't done, where, where Cooper Cup just roams free somehow. I think they'll really focus on Cup, and that can leave Beckham open. That could leave Jefferson open. So I think Jefferson have a big day. I think uh, 33 yards is over under. That's a pretty good number. I like that. Uh, under five and a half rushing yards for Stafford. It's not going to be a fun one to watch. <laughs> but uh, if the Rams are winning the game, you get some kneel downs, and he just doesn't run a lot. I know this number is probably propped up a little bit because he ran a couple the last few games, had some quarterback sneaks. But if you go through game by game, this probably should not be five and a half. Uh, should be more like one, one and a half. So uh, under five and a half uh, rushing yards for Stafford. Going to be a lot of fun to watch that one. I was going to say you're going to cut to a shot of Will at a uh, Super Bowl party. People are going to be like, "Why is Will so nervous in the corner?" He's like, he doesn't want Stafford to get five and a half rushing yards. Like ruin your ruin your entire experience. That's the thing with some of these props, though, right? Like we go through them on primetime where it's like all these multiple different things of props. I'm like, that would ruin your whole game. Like if you had to sweat through. Acres plus Stafford, uh, you know, total yardage versus Burrow plus Mixon. Like, there's some of these where you're like, just don't play them. It's going to ruin your day. Yeah, and, and the value is sometimes on what's not fun and vice versa. You know, they the stuff people want to bet yes on safety. People want to bet yes overtime. Sometimes that's, you know, those are the worst bets. Did you end up doing anything MVP-wise on this? Took a little Jefferson Oh, uh, wow. Took a little acres, maybe 35 to one, something like that. Just because I think the Bengals will probably rush three, drop eight, and, you know, run heavy game script. Who knows? I don't know. Running backs usually don't win this award. It's just, it, it, it's more for entertainment. It's hard to look past, past the quarterbacks, but I just don't see any value in the quarterbacks. Although, if, you, if you're convinced the Bengals are going to win, I think you get some like plus 225, plus 230 on Burrow. That's not terrible. Let's, let's do some trivia on that because you just sparked something. Because I mentioned this on a numbers game, I think a couple weeks ago, when I was doing MVP thoughts before the championship games, MVP for the Super Bowl. The last running back to win the MVP in the Super Bowl was? Did Emmett Smith win one of them? It's you know what it's Terrell Davis. Oh, that was going to be my next best, but I figured they gave it to Elway those years. I was going to guess Davis. Jeez. But that's a that's amazing to me because running backs used to get you know when running backs were big time in the NFL and it was like a key position they would get wow. them all the time, but like the notion that he's the last one to get the MVP is incredible to me. Um, was that the Falcons or the Packers one? That was excellent question. I'm uh, efforting that right now. That was, I believe, that was the Packers one. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so that was super bold. Well, I'll get it here by the end of the segment here. But, yeah. That was I mean, a big upset, too. It was. It was. That was the, yeah, that was the first one of the Broncos, uh, two that they won there. Um, so, yeah, that was, yeah, Terrell Davis. So here it was. Only only seven running backs have actually ended up winning, winning them. But it was seven in the first 32. So he won that in Super Bowl 32 against the Packers. Absolutely right. So that's what? That's 24 years wow. ago. Almost a quarter so we're century. So due is what you're saying. What's that? We're due is what you're saying. We're due. We're due. That's exactly what I'm saying. Will, enjoy the big game, man. Appreciate it. All right, see you guys. Andy Murray today in tennis, plus 200. What do you think? Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe. He's always live. Coming back with the crack man next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 